Hi everyone, it's James from TX Water Polo. Thanks for checking in on today's show, which we're delivering a little bit late for several reasons. Um, first of all, uh, events have conspired, it looks like, to make this episode even more subpar than usual. On Wednesday, word came that uh, ODP was being postponed and the Ivy League has suspended all the athletics uh, for the rest of the school year. And it seems as though, uh, based on several sources, that the schools in the SCIAC in Southern California will do at least something similar. So there's a lot of disruption going on in the water polo world, uh, among everything else. It's water polo is the sport that we cover. But none of that have taken place when Joe and I uh, recorded on Tuesday night in a foggy haze. Um, by the way, no comment from Austin College as of Wednesday about the rest of their season, but we will find out today, hopefully. Um, then uh, a good portion of what we recorded on Tuesday turned out just to be wrong. So I just took it out and replaced it with some uh, with a quick high school update. So thanks for keeping that in mind as you listen to us talk about other stuff and seem like we're oblivious to what's going on around us. And as always, thank you for your support. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. This week, Austin College wins four straight. St. Mark's continues to dominate and players of the week. Here we go. I'm James Smith in Austin. That's Joe Linehan somewhere. I, I usually have in the script, North Texas. But where are you? You're, you're not there. I'm in San Antonio. I'm in my uh, I'm at my mom's house in her home office. Oh, how I didn't even know that. We've been talking for about 20 minutes. I had no idea that you were at your home, home, home. Um, my What's home, for dinner? Home, my home, home, home is in Grapevine. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm at my mom's house. Um, okay. I'm, I'm here in San Antonio. I am running a water polo camp for the Northside ISD um, players. So we've had about 50 plus boys and almost and almost uh, 50 girls the last uh, two days. We have one more day tomorrow. And then I have a wild guess. You've been using your voice to convey information to these kids, apparently. Yeah. Outdoor pool, the voice doesn't carry as much. So. Oh, it does, though. It, it does. does but, you, um, it does. But, you, it's, but, it does. but it's been a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, my voice is not into it's not up to the coaching standards that it used to be. So you sound but, like um, smoking a pack of cigarettes, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, I mean, the kids are, are working hard. They're asking great questions. We're, yeah, we're doing a lot of things that are new to them. Um, part of this was also kind of working with the Northside ISD coaches. Okay. So, um, they're all coming out. So That's they're good. there. Yep. So they're on the pool deck with me. Um, and yesterday was, you know, I wasn't sure what the level of play was and the kids and, um, but and, and the coaches and today it was great i mean the kids i mean yesterday was good but today was even better and i'm and i'm hoping that tomorrow is going to be the best day yet so yeah well as, as long as you can actually maintain any sort of communications with them with that voice we'll see about that i did um, yeah, i am yeah. very energetic on the pool deck Let's no no kidding that's news to most people um uh, so these are generally speaking or almost exclusively all San Antonio athletes, right? And um, and they are rejoining the Tisca Water Polo, um, what do you call it? You can't even call it a league. Um, Tisca Water Polo next spring and then are are poised to begin their UIL careers in the fall along with everybody else, right? So this is a, a way of getting them prepared for all of that. I believe that's the plan, correct? Yeah. That's the plan. And they're, right. they're, they're playing this we they played this past week and we'll talk about that later yep. but uh and uh they they have their own intra-district league this spring and they've been doing that the last couple of years they're just going to start expanding next year 
Good. Yeah, they used to play that in the fall, and they've shifted it to the spring, which is probably a wise idea for the next couple of years, and then back to the fall in 2021. I'm excited about that. All right, there. You you mentioned it, man. There's so much to talk about, so let's get into it first. So uh, Austin College, they uh, as we spoke with Coach Mark Lawrence last week or the week prior, uh, they have put together a very challenging schedule. They went 0 and 9 against a bunch of teams that were actually very very good. Well, it, that seems to have paid off very nicely because they traveled up to Illinois to Monmouth College. And they destroyed four teams uh, in a row. Uh, so they came away with a 4-0 four, four record over the weekend. They averaged their wins at over 11 goals a game. So it was almost like revenge for the games that they had earlier. But they beat Monmouth. They beat McAllister. That was their probably biggest rival, as uh, Mark and I discussed, um, Wittenberg and Carthage. And these are the teams that they're going to have to beat in order to make Division Three championships, which is a very good sign for them. Yeah, I mean— very impressive. Very impressive. I mean, I'm I'm not shocked at all. I thought that uh, the tough schedule was going to help them out kind of later. And, you know, I've talked to Mark along the way. He has a good, a great group of girls. Um, their experience, you know, from last year, I think, you know, Lexi Wong and Brooke Lee and Sophie Oliver, who's new this year, they're all just, I mean, they're just keep getting better and better every, every tournament, every opportunity. Yeah, they whooped up on Monmouth 22 to 6. Yeah. They beat McAllister, the defending CWPA champs, 13 to 8. Okay, so that is the score to focus on, in my opinion, because last year they fell to McAllister twice. They were pretty close scores. And if there's any surprise I have about this weekend for them is that the just the margin of goal, uh, of difference, you know, 11 and a half goals difference. But the 13 at 8 over McAllister in a, it's not McAllister's home pool. Obviously, it's in a little bathtub up there at Monmouth. But still, that's an impressive win on the road. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, for right now, for whatever reason, they are traveling a lot. Have you asked, Mark, why they don't have some games, like some league games here in Texas? Oh, my God. You're putting Mark on the spot. Yeah. No, I haven't spoken to him about that. Not, oh, not I haven't either. I haven't either. On the record. I, haven't, I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, they're... They're competitive. They have an all-deep pool, you know, so, I mean, it's one of those things where their pool is just as good as some other. So I'm oh, out there, better, hey, yeah. let's get some uh, league games for in yeah, in 2021 in Sherman, Texas. So. Okay. Well, this is a bit of a segue. They host VMI at Austin College on the 19th. Um, I think you're going. I may or may not go. Um, so there's your one match of the season that's played in their home pool, um, which it, again reverberates with noise. I mean, yeah, it's great. It's a great, it's a great home atmosphere. So if you're in North Texas, it's 5:30 p.m. Yeah, just get on up there. I mean, it, it, it's going to be great. I mean, obviously Austin College is our Texas NCAA team. That so, is our um, team. Yeah. So I think everybody, everybody wants to see them do good. Um, I think they're they're obviously on the upswing right now. They're going to be in their BMI is an East Coast team. They're not necessarily a league team. They're also in this in oh, no, they're a MAC team, aren't they? They're pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah, but, not yeah, bad. But, yeah, but yeah, but they're in the MAC, mm -hmm. uh, correct? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's great that they're coming down here and playing. Uh, um, and then they've kind of finished up with their league games later in March. And then, of course, their championships sometime in April. So. Right. So, And fo following VMI, here's your matchup. So Caltech may be the most challenging of the next five games. Tal Caltech 
McAllister again, Carthage again, Monmouth again, and Wittenberg. That's all up at McAllister College, which is, again, a, a really nice facility. But the, they have set themselves up for some serious success coming in April. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I believe their championships are in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. 17th, 18th, 19th. That's actually a very nice pool up there. Yeah. Does anybody even know that there's water polo in Kenosha, Wisconsin? It's pretty cool. Like Minnesota, Wisconsin, these places are, are not on the water polo map, but it's so it's very cool to hear. Yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, like like that college right there is like it's right on the beach on what I guess it's Lake it Michigan. Is? Yeah, no. Right on the beach, wow, right? that's cool. It's nice. I visited there a long time ago, back in <laughs> like the late 2000s. So. Oh, OK. Uh, but, um, by the way, we we heard we heard from somebody about uh, talking with Mark Lawrence. It was a you know very nice note. Um, the reason we ta- I want to talk to Mark Lawrence is because it I modeled this a little bit after like sports talk radio. So if you've uh, if you've ever had your home team where they talk to the coach every week, that's what I want. Um, that's what we want. So it wouldn't matter if it was uh, somebody else in Mark's position. We would try to talk to them all the time. So that's the reason why it's not it's not that difficult. Yeah, it's going to be great, and I hope that we have a bunch more NCAA teams here in the next few years. So. Totally. All right. Um, let's move on. So uh, we talked about uh, boys' ODP championships last week. I'm still pining over losing to San Diego. Um, girls' ODP championships, national championships are coming up this week, so those girls are going to start traveling on Friday. Um, you spoke with head coach Sabrina Carlo. She's the, the head coach of the youth girls. She also happens to be the head coach at Braswell up in North Texas. Um, so that will be, uh, at the end, the, the third segment, we'll talk to her. Um, but they are poised for, uh, some success in, in Riverside as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're going back to Riverside. I think it's supposed to be rainy again. So, Is so it? I think, yeah. And um, and I hope that there's no issues with any of the health issues going on out there. Yeah, but I, I believe all the teams are gonna are gonna be successful. There's good, yeah. There's good athletes on all on all three levels of the girls. So I believe what is it? Chris Collins, the developmental head coach. Yep. Um, Chris Ellis is the cadet coach. Right. And um, Sabrina Carlos, the youth coach. So good yep. luck to all of them. And good, good luck to everybody to yeah, going out there. Yeah. So and you, you can always follow the scores at the USA Waterpool ODP website. So. Yeah, yep. They're, they they do actually a decent job of updating the, the live scores on that spreadsheet. Um, so, yes, congrats, or good luck to them. Um, now high school. With the, the It never ends. I mean, this was – Joe, I hosted a tournament this weekend. I'm still I'm still fatigued after the whole thing. But you oh, poor baby. Poor baby. I know, I know, I know. No, no, it's one it's it's a one percent problem. But um uh, at the same time there's a t- tournament of all places in my mind at A and M. And that is not a place where you would associate high school water polo. I mean, at least not me. I haven't been here as long as you. But A&M has been a hub of water polo in the state for a long time. But it's not, uh, I haven't heard of high school water polo there in some time. And they invited and got, uh, the, you could argue, the best teams in the state to go there. I think they invited the best teams in the state, and they got a handful of them that went up there, obviously. Yep. Um, yeah, so I believe the AM men's club team up there, they decided to do a fundraiser and host a high school tournament, which I think oh, was a cool. fabulous idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. A wonderful idea. And um, so they the yeah, so they hosted games on Friday afternoon and then Saturday afternoon. Um, on the girls' side, it was I believe Foster came out on top with St. Agnes getting second, then Woodlands getting or I'm um, sorry, the Memorial Girls getting third and Woodlands getting fourth. On the boys' side, it was St. Mark's kind of running away with the tournament a little bit. Uh, 
an undermanned foster team because I think they had some injuries this past weekend, got second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Memorial got third and the boys as well. And uh, Strake got fourth. But I think the big story of the weekend has to be St. Mark's. I think they just went up, they went there and they put their stamp and they, they beat everybody. They made their mark. They're the spread on those games. The, the the Delta and goals was just incredible. I mean, 13 to seven over Foster, um, a, a very good team. So very impressive. Semi, but also in, in the semifinals, I think St. Mark's beat Strake 16-0. Yeah. I think in the bracket play, uh, St. Mark's beat Jersey Village 21 to four. And they beat Memorial, who ended up getting third place in the tournament, 24 to nothing in the first game. So, incredible. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, uh, congrats to to Coach Mihai and Coach Spencer up there, but um, I mean they're I mean obviously they're doing a great job with that program, and I and we will talk more in in the next segment about the about the top rankings for sure. That's that's right because the we don't first of all we don't have the score for Foster St Agnes. Somebody please send that to us for crying out loud. That's a that's a big score for us to have. So but our understanding is that Foster beat St Agnes. And then there were a couple tournaments up in. Um, North Texas this weekend. Um, there was the Hebron Hawks Classic, um, which was a first-year water polo tournament. I think a lot of the top teams from up here played. Um, I think uh, the big games were between Flower Mound and Marcus. It was a great game uh, between their, their boys. I think Marcus went up 3-1, but Flower Mound came back and beat them 8-5 eventually. Oh, okay. Um, on the girls' side, it was 7-2. And then Geyer, they went uh, 4-0 on the girls' side as well. So, of course. Um Flyman and Marcus did not play this weekend, so I think they've played a lot. So I'm sure they'll play again here soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that was a good tournament. And then there are a lot of there was a ton of water polo being played. And then I believe we're going to talk about more in the second segment. We will talk a little bit more. There's some other tournaments that took place. Um, obviously, one of them was mine in Central Texas, and um, mine. It's my clubs. It's a little pretentious, but yes, my we hosted, and there are some down in the uh, down south, and some in uh, as we mentioned in San Antonio, and then we have some scores as well. But let's take a break, Joe. Sorry with it. He's out of Fort Worth, Texas. One of the few non-California guys. And Zach Lowry skips it in. We're level again. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. James here going solo just for a very short segment on what's been going on in high school water polo, at least according to our rankings and such. So let's go through them um, for the for the week of, uh, of March 10. The rankings are as follows. Uh, boys, uh, St. Mark's is still on top. They had... Uh, they voted unanimously to that position. This is not a surprise. They had a very good weekend, followed by Foster at second, Geyer third, Flower Mound in fourth, Memorial from Houston in fifth, and then um, Marcus, Dawson, Carroll, and Pearland, a new entry into the uh, fray, received votes. On the girls' side, Foster uh, is on top, Flower Mound second, Geyer third, St. Agnes, and Memorial in that order, with Carroll, Jersey Village, Marcus, and Cy Springs getting some votes. So... Um, that 
we'll see how that changes over the next week as this, who knows what kind of competition is going to go on this weekend based on what we know about uh, everything. In the meantime, um, votes, uh, nominations came in for players of the week, and so here they are. Um, on the girl side, on offense, Sadie Salas, a 10th grader from Geyer, uh, is our offensive player of the week. Natalie Stearns, a sophomore from Flower Mound, is the defensive player of the week. And even though she didn't get a direct nomination for this, she, she was nominated as a defensive player of the week. We gave the rookie of the week to Abigail Gatland, who's a ninth grader at Dawson High School. On the boys' side, Alan Lee, a senior from Lhasa, he's the offensive player of the week. Uh, point of pride for me. He's an Austin guy. Warner Fleming, a sophomore from Dawson, is the defensive player of the week. And uh, no rookies of the week because you guys have to vote for them. We don't just make that stuff up. So no one voted for one. No one nominated one. So none nominated this week. But that basically wraps up this extremely short and subpar section covering high school water polo. We'll return with Joe's conversation with Sabrina Carlisle. You're listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo Podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at GoSmith now. Thanks, guys. This is Joe Linehan. I'm here with Sabrina Collin. Sabrina Carla, yeah, Sabrina, I think you wear uh, lots of hats up there. So you played for Denton Ryan High School. You graduated when? 2010? 2010, yes. Okay, and then you played for Thunder back then. Then, then you went to Whittier, right, and played for and played for four years under Justin Pudwell? Yes. Nice, nice. And then you coached with Thunder all that time, too. And then you still coach with Thunder. Um, you're the 1800 boys coach there, right? Yes. Yeah, like 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 you're the head 18 or boys coach for them, and um, and then you're also the head coach at Braswell High School, correct? Yes, this is my uh, fourth year there. Okay, it's your fourth year, and then you're also the um, the youth, the Southwest Zone Youth Girls, um, head coach for ODP. Yep. And the national team, yeah, or the national development team, assistant coach, correct? Yes. That's a lot of hats. I, yeah, and and I, and I think I wear a lot of hats sometimes. That's a lot of hats. So you do a lot. That's awesome. But but right now you're in the middle of high school season, right? Yes, we are about halfway through. How's it coming? It's it's going well. Um, from the start of the season to now, we've we've made lots of improvements, played lots of good teams, and we are on spring break right now. So taking a little uh, weekend break. And then we'll be back at the next tournament next weekend. Yeah, you've been pretty much playing the last yeah the last three weekends straight, correct? Yep, the last three weekends. And then also some games during the week too, right? Yeah, so we've had two Tuesday night games. Uh, first one was against Denton Ryan, and then we played Denton Geyer last Tuesday. Okay, and then then, then your girl. I mean, I, I I please correct me if I'm wrong, but your girls might be a little bit stronger than your boys. This, yeah, this year. And your girls are, are probably one of the better teams up here in North Texas. I mean, maybe not the top tier teams, but definitely the second tier teams, correct? Yeah, definitely. We're improved a lot since year one, and we are competing with uh, the top four teams, hopefully trying to get into the top four to make it to the state tournament. That's good. And just for those that didn't hear earlier, uh, uh, Sabrina is in year four at Braswell. And first couple years, I believe that she – um, it wasn't, it was like, it was like a freshman, sophomore there for a couple of years. 
And then this is one of the first years that you're doing like all four grades, correct? Uh, yeah. So we started uh, at the school with all um, three grades, uh, but mostly the team was involved with freshmen, sophomore, and we now have a good senior group uh, that's been there all four years. It's awesome. Now, now I know the, like we all know the UIL sanction happened this past October. I mean, has that affected your um, team? Like, 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 you know, just recruiting athletes, just in the community at all with the high school group? Sure. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, impacted the community quite a bit. Um, it's raised awareness definitely within uh, just the kids at school that don't play water polo, the kids at the middle schools, the community that's involved um, within Braswell High School. It's made awareness and got kids involved in our middle school camps and and got uh, more excitement definitely for sure. Yeah, and then uh, um, you graduated from Denton Ryan in 2010. Yes. How much has it changed? In North uh, Texas, just high school in general throughout. It's not just North Texas, but the whole state of Texas since 2010. Uh, it's, it's changed a lot. And I think um, you've seen a little bit of the growth, but just playing in high school, we had maybe one or two teams in the North Texas area, especially girls programs um, that played. Um, the, the growth in just the, just the high school programs is, is tremendous. Let's see teams from North Texas all the way down to uh, the, the Fort Worth area uh, that are coming up to our tournaments, we're going to them. So it's it's impacted the community just in North Texas quite a bit. And so it's been really fun to see the growth of the sport within the high school programs. And you've been and then you've been kind of you've been very integral as far as, you know, coaching with Thunder over the course of the last 10 years, I guess. And um you were coaching while you were at Whittier. I think you even coached a uh, North Dallas water polo there for a couple of years at JOs. I think yep. you were what, 19 years old at JOs coaching a bunch of 1600 boys. Yep. And all those boys I think are back. Uh, there's a few of them back in North Texas that are coaching themselves with uh, Pegasus and Trident. So, you know, it, yeah, it just keeps, it's just a positive cycle, but um, are your boys excited about this summer? I think you're going to have a pretty strong 1800 boys teams. This, yeah. This summer, correct. Right. Yeah, I think so. So they've been with us for most of them been with us since they were about 10, 11, 12 years old. So a lot of seniors, a lot of uh, good teammates, good friends, good chemistry. So I think that'll um, help just improve their last year at, at JS. We had a successful season um, last year, getting third in the gold division, close to getting into the platinum uh, bracket. And so I think that just going from there is going to be exciting and I think they're ready to to have some fun and, and place well at the Junior Olympic Tournament. Great, great. And then this weekend, you're going out to Riverside with the yes. Olympic Girls National Champs, right? Yes. Uh, starting on, we're traveling out Friday, game Saturday and Sunday. So it, it should be it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. So do you like going to Riverside? You know, I I do. I my college roommate actually is from there, so I can go back and. Um, visit her and visit her family and, and see the community again and uh, it's supposed to rain so I don't know how exciting it'll be outdoors but it, it's always good to to go back there and, and visit people and see kids and play water polo. How far away is Whittier from yeah from Riverside? I, without traffic it's about 45 minutes. Um, without traffic? That, with with uh, that area there's there's lots of traffic so i think maybe it took me 45 minutes one time um but with traffic it's about an hour and a half 
I, I, I would have sworn it was a little bit closer, but uh, you know, how's your, how's your team going to do this weekend? I think, I think we're going to do okay. We, we did well at, in Utah at the region championship tournament. Um, we have a small number, so lots of, lots of playing time, not a lot of subs. So if they can hang in there, I think we'll, we'll do well and get challenged for sure. No, I mean, so, I mean, have you looked at your schedule? Who are you playing first? We are playing uh, Midwest, the first game. Um, so uh, we're not seated very high. So the first round matchup will be a pretty even game. And then basically after win or lose, depends on your schedule. So we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I believe you have eight girls. Yeah, just eight girls. Uh, Subbing's not going to be very hard this weekend then. No, it'll be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's always nice whenever you just have to, you don't have to worry about everybody has to get playing time, et cetera. Right. So, yeah, we talked about the boys ODP champs and it's, and it's sometimes just a game of, oh, you got to play everybody, but you also have to try to win the games and sure. et cetera. You just have sure. one kid every couple yeah, of months in, uh, out, in, out, right? In, out. Yeah. Lots of playing time and yeah, not a lot of time sitting on the bench. That's for sure. Yeah, so what do you think about the tournament over or back in January in Utah? I thought it was a lot of fun. I've um, never been to Utah before, and I, I think it was a good experience for the kids. Um, all aspects, getting to play together, getting to play other teams that are kind of in the same process as them uh, before we go out to the national championship tournament. I think they uh, enjoyed that, enjoyed the snow, and just enjoyed traveling overall. Yeah, it's always interesting to have a group of 1,800 girls on a trip. So, <laughs> Yes, definitely. Yeah, do you let them choose the music or do you choose the music? You know, I, I let them DJ until until I don't approve and then I'll change it. But for the most part, they like to control the aux cord in the van. So now here, I have a question. So you coach the, like the youth girls for ODP, but then you coach the 18 and under boys for Thunder. Sure, yeah. That is completely different. Very different. Very okay, so point. you, uh, I assume you don't let them touch the ox cord for the 18-yard boys for Thunder, correct? No, uh, they really like headphones, which kind of works out for everyone. Um, it's a pretty serious group of boys, and so depending on where we're at, where we're going, uh, usually when we're in a van, it's for Junior Olympics or uh, a Cap 7 tournament out in the fall. So they're they're in a pretty serious mode uh, for most of the time, um, but. They just like to listen to their headphones, and they eat a lot. So that's the big difference. As long as you take them to get some food afterwards? Yeah. Yes, we eat probably four or five times a day, definitely, on trips. So full disclosure, I mean, I was once a coach for Thunder and helped kind of run that club at one point. And you say that those boys are a bunch of serious boys. I do not remember them as a bunch <laughs> of serious boys. Of course, like the last time I probably was involved was they were 14 under, and that was a whole different ball game then. So they're, I don't remember them like, you know, Cameron and Kyle and Brady and Spencer. Oh, no, I don't remember them as being all that serious. So, no, I, I think in 14 U, it was a, it was a different dynamic for sure. They, they are silly, but they definitely are competitive. And so when we're on those kind of trips, they're in game mode and um, ready to play for sure. Well, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely. I mean, going out to JOs, it's definitely different, um, you know, trying to play and compete in platinum than it is to, oh, we're just out here um, kind of having fun. Right, definitely. Now, I believe last year at JOs, you had both sides of the equation, right? 
I did. Yes. I got to um, be competitive in the 18U group. And then I got to take a 14U B team uh, for the first time. So that was, that was pretty humbling and exciting all at the same time. And that was a 14U B girls team. Yes. Yes. And I believe that you went to the beach for the first time in like five or six years. Yes, we did. We went to the beach a couple times. So that was that was different. Um, trying to keep them to have a good time and keep them motivated um, and enjoy the trip overall. That that was definitely a different experience. So and then and then something different with your club. And this is and we've talked about this on the podcast a couple times is, you know, Pegasus is starting to travel out to um, kind of different uh, tournaments out uh, like outside of the state out yeah, and outside of JOs. And Thunder's doing the same thing. So yep. you guys took a trip, what, back in December and in February? Yeah, so we've traveled three times. We took a trip to the East Coast, uh, the Greenwich area, in about October. Uh, then went to both Cap 7 tournaments in December and the middle of February. So we've traveled three times before our high school season started. And that's and, and, and I always think that that's a great experience for the kids, but... So, I mean, in your experience here, I mean, obviously I've heard some other clubs like, how do they make that work? I mean, and so what I tell them is these kids are invested. They, and I guess they take it seriously and, and they, and they want to get better. Sure. Um, and I remember back in the day, whenever you were just starting off coaching, we, we'd be begging kids to go to these tournaments. Sure. And yeah. now it's like, the, like, like this is what they know they need to do to either stay at the level or get to the next level. Right. Um, I think, yeah, overall, all of that's true. I think um, we, we started it a couple of years ago, and I think it really shown, uh, especially last year, um, just specifically with my boys group. We got to play different people, very competitive games, which is always what we want and what we ask for. Um, win or lose, uh, we learned from both experiences. So I think that really helped us. Um, especially most of those boys transitioning into their first year of 18U. Um, they got a lot of coaching experience, a lot of the kids played uh, in different situations. So overall, definitely positive. And that's, and, and that's great. I mean, and I appreciate everything that you do for the water polo community in Texas. Obviously, you wear lots of hats. Um, good luck this weekend in Riverside. Good luck Thank the rest you. of the school season. I'm sure I'll be seeing you on the pool deck here or there, but um, hopefully, you know, the like, you know, nothing happens out there because of all the like health fears and stuff like that. Sure. But uh, I wish you and the eight girls a lot of fun <laughs> and uh, and a lot of success. So thanks for coming on, Sabrina. Yeah, no problem. Nice talking to you, Joe. All right, take care. Bye. Well, that's it. We're done. Thanks for listening, everyone, and for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. As always, you can go to dxwaterpolo.com to listen to us, to find us on social media, leave comments, give to the cause, nominate players, submit game scores, so much stuff. But until next week, so long from Austin. Trying to turn the-